So you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we explore some New York breweries, taste some Omegong Rosetta, and learn about trying to find a pop-up on a Sunday in the middle of the day. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. How's it going, Andrea? Oh, not bad, not bad. I uh, just got back from a work trip, actually. And you went to New York. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I got to learn a whole bunch of things, and I was surrounded by a whole bunch of LGBT plus people uh, nice. for two intensive days. It was a really, really positive experience. And you got to experience a blackout in New York. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually right in the middle of Midtown Manhattan when uh, the power went out. We were just sitting at a table and uh, uh, eating some chips and cheese in this like really nice like outside mexican restaurant in like the 90 degree humidity mm-hmm. um drinking uh i think i was drinking actually we were both drinking diet soda because we we knew we were going to a play we were mm. going to see imbibable mm-hmm. um which is a musical about drinking and the history of drinking gotcha um and where you get three drinks as part oh. of the show oh i did not know that was going to be part of the show when you guys were explaining it to yeah me. so um because of that we decided we wouldn't have any additional alcohol before we went in <laughs> and then the power died and then the power dies i just i remember i got a a, a message from you because i was at work and oh, yeah. so i had no idea that anything was going on and you're just like how's your day going i'm like mine's good how's yours and you're like we found a place with power and i'm like you what <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody came in and was like do you hear like all of manhattan's got like no power and i'm like that's what's going on yeah yeah it was actually really fun because basically what we did is um we sat there until for like a probably an hour until mm-hmm. it came up to the showtime and while we were sitting there um the theater also was running jersey boys mm. so like the cast of jersey boys came out and sang a couple of songs and like entertained the crowd um and then uh you know they walked out and they said okay hey anybody that's still outside like we're gonna refund your tickets nice um so go home (laughs) and then we were like okay cool um and then justin and i looked at uh we were like well we can't take the subway because the power's out (laughs) Um, we could try to take a lift, but then we pulled up lift and we we're like, oh, wait, no, everybody else has the same idea of us. It's going to cost 70 bucks to go six blocks. So you might as well walk the so six blocks. So we might as well walk the six blocks. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry, it wasn't six blocks. It was actually uh, 12 blocks to our okay. hotel, which, I mean, seems like not really that big of a thing, but these are like New York blocks. So that's yeah. like a mile walk. Yeah. And I had, I had just had knee surgery two months yeah. ago. So, You're I mean, it was kind of a distance. But anyway, we decided to just start walking until we found power. There you go. Yeah, and so <laughs> we're like we're like walking, and the, actually the most amazing thing about this blackout experience mm-hmm. um, was the minute we got to a street corner, 
we saw some uh like person wearing like a yamaka just uh standing in the middle of traffic uh, or in the middle of like an intersection yeah. directing traffic <laughs> just a random person just a random citizen stepping in to direct traffic because the traffic lights were down that's insane and as we went to the next street corner we saw two more people that had stepped up to just do that to step See, in and I, do their part i saw photos of people who had brought like their their lightsabers out mm-hmm. to be big traffic directing yes. ones and that's really awesome. I know. It was amazing. Like, like it was just the spirit, like, well, I guess the power's out, so we're just going to, you know, <laughs> you know, pull up our pants and do the things we need to do. We're going to help society keep moving forward. Yeah. In, in Minnesota, I think it would have just been people sitting there looking at each other, waiting for someone else to do something. They would be waiting, all of them stopped, waiting for someone to go. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would have just been one big, like, oh, no, you go first. You No, you go. You, no, you go first. I know it's a four-way stop now, but it's because you're on the right. You're on the right. So if you're on the right, then it's your turn. I, I really feel bad for, like, our native Minnesotan <laughs> listeners because, like, I mean, we're, we're, we're both people who've lived yeah. in the state. We were born in the state. Um, re- yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like we're Minnesotans as well, but like, but that's a Minnesotan quirk. Is we have to make quirk. fun of people from Minnesota. It's true. And then when anyone else talks smack about Minnesota, we go right hard in the paint. We're just like, no, this is a wonderful place with wonderful people that we get to make fun of, not you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we're quirky, but we're we... quirky and we're Scandinavian and we want to stay as far away from everybody, but we want to welcome everyone to our homes. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, so it was it was kind of a cool. It was kind of a, a very. It wasn't like a cool experience because it was hot everywhere. Oh, yeah. But um, it was it was a very very fun night actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. In spite of the blackouts, I was really excited as far as like that because the weather was just super hot all across the northern yeah. part of the country because we were experiencing you know high eighties, low nineties mm-hmm. throughout that entire time as well. And um, I live in the basement of our home, so we can't get above 60 because of just how the air conditioner works. And so going outside into 90 degree heat from that was terrifying. So it's like I'd almost rather deal with when it was like when I lived in Atlanta and it's like 101. And it's just like, all right, I'm getting in somewhere cooler and it's 90 because it's 15. It's like 12 degrees cooler. So therefore it feels better. But yeah, it's like as far as that goes, I feel so bad for like that entire area just being mm-hmm. out of power. Nobody's AC works, and it's New York, so it's not like central AC is a really common thing in a lot of those older buildings. No, a lot of it's just window units or fans. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. AC is expensive and power is expensive, and just yeah. everything in New York, especially in Manhattan, is expensive. Yeah, and and my favorite part too is sometimes when you're walking around, you just randomly get dripped on. Yep. And you're like, what was that? Oh, it was just an air conditioner driven at me. <laughs> it was not a bird. It was an air conditioner. Yep. But sometimes it's sometimes a bird. Sometimes it's a bird. And you have to do the check. Like, is yep. this poop? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Okay, we're good. It's water better. Mm-hmm. It's just runoff water. Yeah, being a bald person, it always terrifies me. <laughs> walking around in cities like that with the, the window unit AC. Because if a bird poops on my head, it's going to be really noticeable. Because yeah. it's not like I can just wash it off my hair. I have to wash off my whole head. Mm-hmm. That's true. So uh, the one thing that New Yorkers, that we did do mm-hmm. because of the heat, was we went out and actually checked out some local breweries. Nice. Um, and 
unfortunately, we we did not find Brooklyn Brewing at our local Cub Liquor, which no. was the largest. It's it's which is weird because it is probably one of the largest like distributors outside of New York. Yeah. Um, but I think if we would have had the time to yeah. go to Total Wine, oh, we, we would have found would have it for sure. Find, find it. Yeah, but um, the, we did have uh, Omegong, which is also a very large distributor and mm-hmm. brewer. Um, they're located in Cooperstown, so we couldn't actually visit mm-hmm. um, their brewery. It is one that I actually would like to visit at some point, but you know, my spouse and I now, whenever we travel, the only time we rent a car is if we actually have to go somewhere. Yeah. outside of the city we're in. And, and I mean, York, if the city doesn't no have really great public transit, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. New York has wonderful public transit. Yeah. Or even if it doesn't have really great public transit, like it's... You can still take a lift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Las Vegas... Well, actually, that's a bad example because Las Vegas has buses that work pretty yeah. well. It's... Well, on the strip. They, it, yeah. I mean, if you if you search and you look it up, it's fine. Um, yeah. When we, we talked about Vegas before, so we're not going to go too yeah, far. We don't into need it, to go into it. But let's taste the beer since right, we spent nine this. minutes talking about a blackout in New York City, and we want to talk about breweries. Uh, so, while you're popping the tub on that, this is the Rosetta. Let's get a little bit of the pop. Oh, that was satisfying. That one went well. That was really good. Uh, so while you're kind of getting the glass to get the pour, um, the Rosetta is an elegant fruit beer. Oopsies. I'm pouring a very small amount. The for elegant myself. fruit beer, go ahead. Matured on cherries, that's brewed exclusively for uh, brewery Omegong by Liffmans, a sister brewery in Belgium. So it's a partner brew that we're tasting, and we're of course not serving it in a proper glass. We're serving it in a pint glass because we're heathens. Um, so I would assume that this is one that we should really get a strong cherry nose on. It might actually have a real tartness to the flavor. Um, there is a yeah. There's a strong. There's a strong uh, cherry on the nose for sure. Mm-hmm. I get cherry and malt. Oh, uh, it's yeah, but the malt. It like it's not really a malt on this one for me. Um, this one actually has more of that um, lactic, that lactose aroma. Okay. Like uh, oh, what's it? What's the the smell like? Uh, I I don't really want to say. Have you ever smelled milk? But um. <laughs> But in a way, it kind of smells like milk. Well, a little bit. Like, um, it smells like something like milk adjacent. Yeah, yeah like cream. cream. Yeah, that's better. That's a better thing. All right, I gotta do the taste. Go for it. I'm also wearing my taste. <laughs> the drink goes inside of your mouth, Andrea, not on your shirt. Oh wow! The yeah, there's a there's that tart, um, cherry flavor to it, um. I like that. Um, it's actually not a. It's not a sour. Um, I mean, it, there there is a little. There is that sour flavor mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's. It is not designed to be. It's a not sour. designed to be a sour. It's a. It's more of a tart flavor to it. Um, definitely like that. That cherry. Um, let's see. It's more along the lines I would say of like a. Would you go with the maraschino flavor or more like a? I haven't done the taste like, like a, I'm about to. Oh. But I would say the, the as far as the scent, it does. It does kind of smell like maraschino cherries. Mm-hmm. Though there is a little bit more of that like kind of red, like a deeper red cherry, like a the Bing cherry or. Hmm. Yeah. That is um. That is not terrible. Yeah. 
this is one of those ones that is a is different from you know it's not your standard kind of no and it's it's definitely it's a darker it 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 has a it you know it's more of a kind of brown color Mm -hmm. um I'm actually amazed because I haven't gotten all of the weird beer gross that I usually get from that. Um, yeah. Like, it's not... I don't think I could drink a glass of this, but I think I'll finish the taster. That's good. I really like that. So, um, while we're kind of taking a little bit more flavor on this, uh, why don't I kind of tell you a little bit about the, the breweries that we did visit? Um, so, Please we went do. to uh, we went to a couple of different breweries while we were there. Um, we visited Other Half Brewing, mm-hmm. which kind of feels a little bit like a rock star brewery. How so? Um, in that, like, it's loud. It's in it. It feels more like a brewery back home in that, like, they have a very industrial tap room. Okay. Um, so it's more warehousey. Mm. Um, the tap list is huge. So, like, they have a lot of different beers to taste, which means that. There's a there's a thing when a when a brewery has a lot of different beers to taste. It means that um, it, it usually means that like they're that they're not quite sure exactly what they want to do. Okay, it's it's the whole like we do forty five things. Yeah, but do you do forty five things well, right? Or do you do one thing well and have forty four other options? Mm-hmm. And the fun part about going to those places is tasting the different ones and like trying to find the ones that are really really good mm-hmm. um and we did find a couple that we really liked um like they, they actually did make some really good ipa flavors um you know their their imperial flavors were really really good gotcha but uh the hard part is of course because you know we were actually traveling and you know we were trying to go to a couple of different breweries there's not you can't taste everything yeah so we didn't get a chance to taste everything there mm-hmm um, and I think, I think that, you know, I think that it, as a neighborhood brewery, it's, it's an asset because it keeps you coming back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially like in, in that case, it's almost like it, it would make sense that they'd have a whole slew because then it's like, Hey, don't just come and enjoy this one beer that we do really, really well. Do these, you know, try these 17 that we do well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I didn't have a bad beer there. Well, that's good. Yeah. I didn't have a bad beer there. I just had some that, you know, I didn't like as much as some of the other ones. They were less your thing than... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which means that I would still highly recommend visiting. Perfect. Exactly. So where else did you go? We went to Svendale Brewing. Svendale. Yeah. And we didn't actually go to their brewery. We went to their tasting room. Okay. Um, because their brewery is located outside of the town. And their tasting room is really cool. It's just this little, like, room that you pop into. It's got a couple of chairs and a little... Uh, little pour station okay and they've got a couple of different beers to try and the beers were all delicious i had a fun time tasting and talking to the the part people of me. that worked yeah the people that work there nice um and then we went to uh oh shoot i gotta consult my notes uh we went to uh let's see it was i think it was like uh something beer um folks beer folks beer yeah i went to folks beer and i had one of the like strangely strangely best lagers i think i've ever had really like, yeah like um I, and i don't always say that like um was it american lager or was it a like it was like a traditional german style okay. lager so it's just a like a thick weedy like malty lager hmm. like there wasn't anything remarkable to it but basically like if i was in germany and i wanted a german lager beer like that would that would be one I'd order. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And then finally, we visited Brooklyn Brewing, which is the big brewery. It's like if you go to Minnesota and you visit Summit. Yeah. This is like going to, you know, this is like going to Brooklyn and visiting Brooklyn Brewing. Gotcha. Yeah. Which was cool. Um, They have a huge tap room. Um, They'd actually just, they'd remodeled since last time that uh, Justin, my uh, husband, had been there. Okay. Um, They make it nicer and fancier kind of? Yeah, well, they made it bigger. And that part was kind of cool. Like, they, because when he was there the last time, they had a smaller bar and, like, they had expanded it. And the cool thing, actually, about going to Brooklyn Brewing is you get to kind of taste some of their like cask beers or like their off-brand beers that they haven't oh, sweet. um you know they don't you know distribute outside mm-hmm. of their normal like brewery oh, yeah. range mm-hmm. nice so we got a chance to taste some of those too that sounds wonderful yeah and i should probably go into like super detail about them you probably should yeah but um i'm gonna pause a moment because i'd like you to tell us a little bit more about omegon all right so give me one second to pull back back up because my phone has gone back to sleep Oh, that's too bad. I know, right? Um, so we are going to go ahead and talk about their ales. Uh, so they uh, they currently brew six full-time ales. Um, that is their standard set. So they have the Omegong Abbey Ale, uh, which is a, class, a classic Belgian-style Abbey double. Uh, then they have the Hennepin Farmhouse Saison. It's S-A-I-S-O-N. Yeah, it's Saison. Saison, thank you. I, I, I immediately see S-A-I and think Sai. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so it is their seasonal Belgian-style rustic golden ale, ale, and it's their first sa- saison in America, uh, or it is the first in America. Um, the Rare Voss Amber Ale, a cafe-style amber ale, the uh, uh, Amagong White Ale, uh, a Belgian-style wheat ale, and the Three Philosophers, a Belgian-style quadruple, which is, uh, or quadrupel? Do you know how to pronounce it? It's yeah. Q-U-A-D. Yeah, it's a- it's quadrupel. Quadrupel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, with a authentic Belgian Creek blended in, which is K-R-I-E-K. And then the BPA, which is the Belgian Pale Ale, uh, dry hopped with Cascade hops. Mm-hmm. And Cascade is kind of the ubiquitous, ubiquitous hop that um, produces nice, like, flavors in beer. Um, it's a really good, you know, all around, you know, jack of all trades hop to put in yeah. beer. And then it looks like they've done a lot of kind of, like one-offs in different years as i'm just scrolling through it started in 07 keeps going through current year they did the game of thrones series um back in 2013 um Mm -hmm. which was the well they started in 2013 but they've released one every year oh yeah they did okay Mm -hmm. so it looks looks like the list starts in 2013 with the iron throne blonde ale uh take the black stout in in 2013 as well and then just kind of keeps going and i'm not going to spend yeah, you, all the, that time i did have the hand of the queen barley wine in 2018 and i really did enjoy that one nice because uh, they also did uh the queen of the seven kingdoms sour and blonde blend yeah which i didn't ever try and i kind of regret that because i do like sours <laughs> looks like march of this year they did a nine and a half percent for the throne strong golden ale co-fermented mm-hmm. with pinot grigio and Viogener grapes, V I O G N E I E R. Uh, and then they have four seasonals currently, which is the Glimmerglass, Fleur de Hublon, uh, Scythe and Sickle, Adoration, and Cooperstown. Because they're shared with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go back. To, I mean, they're, they're like, they share their history so with many Cooperstown. Ales. Um, Oh, yeah, they started in 1997. Yep. 
mm-hmm. uh, founded by Don Feinberg and Wendy Littlefield. Uh, they were the owners of the beer beer import company Vanberg and DeWolf. Uh, and there was three Belgian breweries, uh, including Duveau, Mortgat. Mortgat. I like Mortgat. that name. It's M-O-O-R-T-G-A-T. I'm making assumptions for Belgian pronunciations. It's, right. it's okay. Yeah. I'm sure if our Belgian listeners uh, hear us, they'll correct us. I'm sure they will. Um, the uh, Brooklyn beer, by the way, was a uh, from the cellar cloaking device. Cloaking device. Yeah, it was a um, it was a beer that was a like a imperial double porter, and it was brown. It was like a dark beer, mm-hmm. but it had like rich flavor to it. It was it was just um exquisite exquisite is a really really fun word mm-hmm. it is just rolls off the palate mm-hmm. so um aaron have you ever been to a pop-up i don't know what a pop-up is okay so pop-up is a thing that is is like a temporary store okay yeah i mean it can it's be like, like a, a pop-up temp- restaurant yeah it's like it's not a food truck. It's just a thing that it's like, we're here for a day. We're here for a week, maybe. Yeah, we're here for a month. You know, mm-hmm. we're just a pop-up. Yeah. We'll not be here very long, but we're going to do some crazy stuff while we're here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, we 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 went to, well, we were in uh, New York. We went to do pop-ups. We went to the Rosé Wine Mansion, which is described as an Instagrammable experience. <laughs> and it was really cool. It was a wine tasting inspired by rosés and you oh okay yeah so we got um we got all these like we got to taste like six different kinds of rosé and Mm -hmm. take pictures in front of all things pink oh and they had actors in there and everything like doing their thing while they were introducing and talking about the wine and it was a really neat experience and then we decided we would try to find this rooftop pop-up that was that like in all of the pictures looked to be like this packed thing with like a dj and and everything and forgetting of course that justin and i are old people at heart and when we try to go find these things we try to go find them at off hours of course you do yeah so they're like oh yeah no that's a thing that only opens after 11 p.m and goes till five yeah so there was this uh pop-up um it's this brooklyn uh pop-up and it's at the william vale hotel okay um, and it's on the roof of the hotel, and it's like an art installation pop-up with a bartender. Nice. Yeah. And so you get to see, like, these cool art exhibits. There's, like, like places to sit and hang out, and you can try a couple of different beers. We showed up, and they had one beer for sale. <laughs> they had a really, really bored-looking bartender. Oh, no. We were the only people on the roof. <laughs> and, um... Uh, it was, it was like, it was like, oh, there's no party here. And then we looked at our watch, we're like, oh, that's because it's like two o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> Everyone else is still sleeping through their hangover from the night before. Yeah. And or at work, like, mm-hmm. you know, said sad bartender who's just like, I don't know why I'm here. But if you do, if you are native, if you do live in New York or you're traveling to New York, I do actually recommend it because the view from the top of the roof is really cool. You get to look over the river and see mm. the, or over the, the water and see like the, the cityscape. Um, nice. The art is kind of cool to see. It's, it's a great little like view. Plus... 
When we were there on the second floor, they had an ice cream truck. Ooh, on the second floor. On the second floor, so they had a, they had a, the William Vale has a hotel has a second floor like garden. Okay. Like rooftop, also. How do you get an ice cream truck up onto the second floor uh, on a patio? Uh, probably either lift it up there, or maybe there is an actual way to drive it up. I'm not sure. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, just for you know, comparison's sake, like the plaza in downtown, or not the plaza, the downtown Grand in mm-hmm. Las Vegas has a, a food truck on their roof. Okay. And they they actually had to use a crane to get it up there. That makes sense. I so because of my time spent spent working in stadiums, like we've physically had to drive vehicles in and out at times for like you know shows or you know sometimes you get a big sponsor from a local dealership or mm-hmm. a car manufacturer, and so like when I was in uh, when I was in Atlanta, we always had a Porsche down in like the lower area, and it was in the path of there was like a tour you could take um before the game and then you could have like uh special tickets where you could basically stand as the team exited the field and went to their locker room and you were right next to one of these porsches <laughs> and um it like getting it into the building was a pain and a half oh, I'm because sure. it had yeah. to come through the loading dock and the loading dock's not really designed for it so mm-hmm. it had to be driven up into a truck onto the loading dock and then just ever so carefully with the the mirrors closed through the area until it could be backed into this one Jeez, special area. Why would anyone do that? It's really weird. And even weirder is the fact that then when I started working for a parking company, um, there are uh, there are dollies that you can put underneath it, wheels. They're like little mm-hmm. caster wheels that you, you put at all four wheels on a car and then just make it so that the casters are the only thing that's touching the ground. Yeah, so and you then can, you can like, spin the car manually mm-hmm. and then push it, pull it, not have to actually drive and use the turning radius of the car. And it's the fact that that's not what was being used in the stadium or in any other stadium that ever had to have a car in it. Like we had these giant, in Kansas City, we had these giant freight elevators that were rated for cars specifically so you could get them all the way up oh, to the top. But then it's you'd still just drive through the lower area and then slowly come up. So it's this whole weird thing. So any time that I hear of a vehicle being put in an upper floor of a building, I always have to think of the logistics because I've had to deal with it. Wow. <laughs> now I'm thinking of how, and it was just a trailer too. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a truck or anything, huh? It was like an Airstream trailer, like a silver Airstream. Oh yeah. Hmm. They probably just. Craned it up there. It probably just used yeah. a crane. It's because it is like is it I don't know, like an outside outside patio kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. They uh. Anyway, they do dipped cones. No. And like yes. and like burgers and fries. They do those. They do mm-hmm. dipped cones at the Dariet. I think ever, we need uh, to, we need to go to the Dariet at some point. Wait, where's the Dariet? It's right by my house. Okay. It's in uh. It's in Dayton's Bluff neighborhood, St. Paul. Okay. It's right across the uh, right across from the uh, post office. Because we used to have the Dairy Delight in Lakeville. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The Dairyette is uh, it's like still a functioning drive-in, and it's mostly like Italian food. And then they also do their own ice cream and like sundaes and stuff. So you can get a plate of fettuccine Alfredo and then finish with a dipped cone. They do like their own really like special red sauce. And so it's like a lot of meatball sandwiches, spaghetti and meatballs gotcha. and things like that. Can we get a spaghetti sandwich? I think so. Why? I actually think that's an option. Okay. It's just carbs on carbs with meat and, and I mean, if you're going to make sauce. a carb donation to your belly, you know, spaghetti Let's sandwich is a great way to do it. 
we can go have some options and uh, and figure it out from there. But that'll have to be after I get back from my yeah. trip. So, Aaron, um, what would you say about an Omegong Rosetta? I like, don't, as a final note on as it. As a final note, it's like one of the more palatable that I've had recently. Um, I don't think I would put this in the beer I would drink, like the okay. like the Rogue and the the Nitro Porter that we did from uh, Polygamous. Um, gotcha. But this didn't hit my palate weird. It didn't make me gag. Um, it's it's not the most pleasant thing in my mouth, but it also like isn't terrible. So I I give this a solid five. Works for me. All right. Well. Um... This is the part where I go back and look at what I actually have to say here. It is, we're out of time for today, but that doesn't mean the show has to end. You can contact us by leaving a comment at travelbyproxy.com or email fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you Walking a look you out your window. Your moving peace stones and yours. Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of the people that you love